Here is a sermon message from Somerville Community Baptist Church. To hear more sermons like this, please visit iloveSCBC.org. We continue this morning in our study of the book of Daniel. And what we have seen thus far is that we had Israelites who were captured. So we have Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Young men who have been captured and taken away to Babylon. And as they are taken away to Babylon, the Babylonian officials see promise in these young men and put them into special training so that they can become leaders in Babylon. And we've seen the direction that God has given his people who have been taken away to live in Babylon. That they are to seek the welfare of the city. God says, go to Babylon, thrive there, do well, pursue the goodness of Babylon. But we've seen in their pursuit of advancing Babylon that they will need courageous living. And we talked about that last week, the need for courage that these four young men needed. And we've seen that courage is not the absence of fear, but courage is being willing to move forward despite having fear. Today, we are going to look at the clash that takes place between living for God and living in an ungodly culture. Today, we live for God. We strive to live for God. But we do live in an ungodly culture. And there will be a clash of beliefs, a clash of ideologies. What will we do when that happens? As we look at our three heroes today, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, we are going to find that they have faith under fire. My goal for each of us here is that when we leave this church, when we go about our lives outside of this place, that we will live for God. I also want us to live as great citizens in our society. So whatever opportunities, abilities, gifts that you have, live as a great citizen of this society. But there will come a moment when one of those must be greater than the other. My hope for all of us is that we will prioritize living for God. One of the things that we see as we look at our three characters this morning is that they are foreigners, foreigners in their cultures. And what we will find is as followers of Jesus, we live both within and outside our culture. Once again, as followers of Jesus, we live both within and outside our culture. So what's taken place with Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego is they have been separated from Daniel, and now they are in their own place, and they are leading Babylonian officials. That training that they've received, they are now on the field, putting that training into use. In Babylon, there's King Nebuchadnezzar, and King Nebuchadnezzar has set up this image that the people are to worship. And when they hear the sounds of these instruments, everyone is to bow and worship this image. 
And looking at this story on King Nebuchadnezzar setting up this image, it reminded me of kind of being in the workplace. And your boss walks into your workplace, and they say, tomorrow is funny hat day. You're like, I don't want to wear a funny hat. I don't look good in a funny hat. And everybody around you is like, oh, no one wants to wear a funny hat. But the boss says, wear a funny hat tomorrow, so tomorrow you show up and you're going to have a funny hat on your head. Because that's what the boss said. King Nebuchadnezzar said, worship that image. Everyone needs to worship that image. In our society today, in our culture today, there are images that people worship. There are things that people value. Our culture values education, values a career, wealth, relationships, family, service to others. These are things that are valued. These are things that, as followers of Jesus, we can certainly pursue. But can we do both? Can we follow God and succeed in our culture? We can. We can. We look at our characters today, and they are following God, and they are being successful in their culture. But eventually, those two things are brought into conflict. I think of it like loving your spouse and honoring your parents. Both are right and good things that you should do. But eventually, they are brought into conflict. And one needs to become greater than the other. Hopefully, that's loving your spouse. At some point, as we live in our society, as we live in our culture, we want those who are outside of the faith, those who are not concerned with the ways of God, to look at us and say, there's something a little different about you. There's something, un you have something unlike of the rest of us. Your allegiance doesn't seem to be the things that we're offering, but to something greater, to following God. This is going to put us in the fire. Because as followers of Jesus, we live in the tension of our culture and our time. Once again, as followers of Jesus, we live in the tension of our culture and our God. These competing priorities will eventually intersect. And one must cede to the other. In the story of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, King Nebuchadnezzar has set up that gold image that the people are to bow. People are to bow and worship. And as the music plays, the people around the land bow and worship. There's three exceptions. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. They're not bowing. They're not worshiping this image. And one of the officials comes and says, Hey, King Nebuchadnezzar, you got three people who aren't doing what you say. You got three people who are ignoring your orders. You got three people who heard your edict and they're making their own choice. King Nebuchadnezzar is like, I need to talk to these guys. We're going to have a little conversation. So we're going to read a little bit here from this conversation that King Nebuchadnezzar had with Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Let's read this verse together. If you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you would be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. 
then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Nebuchadnezzar brings him over. He says, gentlemen, here's your choice. We're about to play the instruments. We're all falling down and worshiping. Are you going to fall down and worship with us? If you don't, you're going into the furnace and we're going to burn you. And then the king Nebuchadnezzar said, then what God would be able to rescue you from my hand? You want to honor your God by standing when we all bow? Let's see how your God works when you put in the furnace. You can see Nebuchadnezzar standing. My furnace is more powerful than your God. As we think of living in our society, there's an inevitable friction between serving our God and thriving in our culture. And those who are not following God, they will think your commitment a fool's errand. And we're going to need faith. We're going to need to trust God to thrive in this friction. So we're going to look at faith. And as followers of Jesus, we value the process over the end result. Let me read that again. As followers of Jesus, we value the process over the end result. Let's talk a little bit about that. What it means to value the process stands in direct opposition to the idea that the ends justify the means. We are going to be faithful to the process, to the steps of following God, not prioritizing the result. We are going to be faithful in the moment, not shortcutting faith in an effort to get to the result that we think is most advantageous. In fact, if we were to look back at Jesus' temptation, we will find that he is often tempted to prioritize the end result over the process. In fact, as Jesus is tempted, one of the first temptations that he has from the devil is turn the stone into bread. Jesus, at this point, has not eaten in a very long time. He's hungry. He needs food. He is going to die if he doesn't eat. And the devil is like, just make yourself a little bread. But it's the wrong way to get bread. It's the wrong process for getting bread. You see, Jesus also, as he's being tempted, the devil says, become the ruler of this world. That's what you're going to do anyway, right? Aren't you going to become this great ruler? Just do it the way I want you to do it. Jesus is like, no, there's a right process for me to become the ruler of the world. That process is going to take longer, but that's okay. I need to go through that. And as we think of, back to our story here in Daniel 3 with Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, you can imagine the temptation perhaps they felt to just bow down. You can hear the rationalization taking place in their heads. What good am I if I'm dead? How can I serve God in this place if I'm barbecued in the furnace? I'm no good to God then. I can't do anything. I'll just have to make a little exception now for the greater good of God. We can see him even thinking, you know, when I hear that music, it'll be a good time just to adjust my sandal a little bit. I'm just going to lean over and adjust my sandal, and if they think I'm bowing down to that image, then so be it. 
But in my heart and in my mind, I'm not bowing down. That's not the approach they had taken. They remained faithful at every step. And despite this great warning that if they do not follow King Nebuchadnezzar's edict, that they will be put into the furnace, I still trust in my God. I still trust in my God. In fact, they say if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's they very much believe that they will be delivered. But they also continue on. We're going to read. Here is how they continue on as they are speaking to King Nebuchadnezzar. Let's read this together. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. They say, our God's going to deliver us. We think. We think. I'm really confident, really believe it. He might not, though. But you know what? Even if he doesn't deliver us, even if this goes as bad as it can go, even if you put me in that fire and I'm burned up, I'm still not worshiping that image that you put up. I am remaining faithful to my God. Remaining absolutely faithful to their God. One of the great challenges we face in following God is that we have what I would call a circumstantial faith. And when our circumstances are going well, when we like it, our faith increases. We feel good. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego could have had great faith. They're rising up through the Babylonian nation. They have power. They have influence. They can feel God, God is with us. But then the moment things turn against us, we feel less faith. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego could have felt that when they were told they were about to get thrown into the furnace. They remained faithful, though. We likewise want to be able to remain faithful. One of the challenges that we face is that as we come to God, sometimes we treat God like a vending machine. And we think if we do the right things and remain faithful in our life and serve God, that somehow we will get the things that we want. And thinking of God like a vending machine is a harsh way of saying that. And I understand that's the case. But it is the challenge that we face. Thinking. God, if I just do these things, then you somehow must reward me with the things I want, with the happy life I want. And we come to God and we say, God, look at all that I've done for you, and it could be great and amazing things that you've done for God. And we come over and it's like, E7, job promotion. That's what I should get. N2, a great spouse. We think those are the things that we deserve, that we've earned. We're like, God loves me, and God does love you. But following God doesn't mean that we get the things that we want. And I don't know if 
God wants a happy life for you or not? I don't know. I hope so. I do know, though, that God wants you to be faithful in every moment that you have. God wants you to be faithful in the life that you have, in the moments that you have, right now. One of the things that we find is that we have faith that is under fire, faith that is being tested. We want to trust God even when circumstances are painful, even when situations are unpleasant, even when life is unhappy and doesn't go like we want. We want to continue to trust God. We want to have faith under fire. And understand it's difficult to trust God under painful circumstances, under painful events. And when you look at the horrors and the tragedies that life can bring, and we might ask, where is God in all of that? And it's certainly in the worst that life can offer us. Where is God in all of that? It's okay to ask that question. It's okay to question God. It's okay to have that conversation with God. In fact, in our Bible, we have the Psalms of Lament. And some of those Psalms are put for you there on the screen. Those are Psalms that people are asking that question, where are you, God? Why did you allow this to happen? How could you do this? The great thing of asking that question is the conversation continues. Continue talking to God, even if you don't understand, even if you disagree, even if you're angry, even if you're bitterly disappointed in what God has brought. Continue the conversation. Think of a marriage. Do you know when marriages break up? Do you know when divorce happens? It happens not because people fight. Couples who fight stay together. It's couples who don't talk that have divorce. So when we think of our God, and you're bitterly disappointed, keep talking. Keep that conversation going. As we think of having this faith under fire, do know, we have a friend in God. And as followers of Jesus, the fire increases our friendship with God. Once again, as followers of Jesus, the fire increases our friendship with God. Do you desire closeness with God? Do you want to be able to say that God is your friend? Do you want to feel that type of companionship with your creator, with your savior? Get into the fire. Because in the fire is where you will most experience God. Let's think back to our story of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. King Nebuchadnezzar has given them the option. Worship that image or get in the furnace. They don't worship the image, so they're going into the furnace. Into the furnace, these three men go. And as they are put into the furnace, the furnace has been heated so high that even the people who are bringing them to the furnace 
are scorched by its flames. And as these three men are put into the fire, King Nebuchadnezzar makes an observation. Let's read that passage together. King Nebuchadnezzar said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. As these three men are thrown in, King Nebuchadnezzar looks into the furnace, and he sees not three, but four men walking around. And one has a distinct appearance, described as looking like a son of the gods. Some type of angelic, glowing appearance. Who is that fourth person in the fire? The passage doesn't clearly say. An angel, perhaps? Most certainly some divine being. To clearly to Nebuchadnezzar, as he looks and observes that he sees a divine being there in the fire with those three men. Imagine that. Imagine what takes place in the fire. As those three men have been thrown in, seriously considered that this might be their end. And as they find themselves in the fire, knowing that they should be burned up, but feeling perfectly fine, they look and see a fourth person. And that fourth person, most certainly, someone from God, a divine being that God has provided in their midst. Imagine the closeness they felt to God at that moment. That in the moment that they should have died, in the moment that their life should have ended, Instead of experiencing the pain of death, they have experienced the deliverance that comes from God. And God is there in their midst. If you want God to be your friend, if you want to experience a closeness with God, get into the fire. Because God's presence will be made known there in a way that you'll never experience and the happy life. Now we don't need to go out and seek the furnaces of life. We need only to remain faithful to God. In your everyday, remain faithful to God. Remain faithful long enough, and I assure you, the fire will find you. And it will not be pleasant. And it will be difficult. And perhaps like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, you will think, my God will deliver me. But if he doesn't. And in those moments, you will experience the great friendship of God that you can never have when things are going well. Final thing that we want to look at today. That is focus. As followers of Jesus, we live to bring God into focus for others. So once again, as followers of Jesus, we live to bring God into focus for others. In our story, Nebuchadnezzar looks in and sees that fourth person. And he says, 
Let's get them out. Bring them out of the furnace. I need to figure out what's going on. There's something amazing that is happening. Remember, as Nebuchadnezzar sent these gentlemen into the furnace, he was under the belief that his furnace was more powerful than their God. What God will be able to save you then? And Nebuchadnezzar's mind has changed. He has come to a different conclusion as he's seen these three men go into the furnace and come out unharmed. Here's Nebuchadnezzar as he's speaking to this moment. Let's read this together. Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Nebuchadnezzar sees their faith, sees their commitment to their god, and he is amazed. In fact, he says, they can worship their God. Their God is powerful. They did the right thing. I doubt many people get to experience defying King Nebuchadnezzar and walk away with an apology from the king. My bad, gentlemen. Your God is powerful. And they continue to thrive in their culture. Because they were faithful to their God. Because their faith went through the fire. I don't know what you might be thinking out there. The same thing I thought as I was evaluating this story. Sometimes this doesn't go well. Sure, it turned out great in the story today. Everything looks good. They got promoted. The king's giving them high fives. Coming out of the furnace. That's not how life always is. In fact, you might be thinking, that's seldom how life is. I remain faithful to God. Things don't go well. I, fear it. I experience the pain of those things. I've got burn marks on me from following God. It didn't go like I thought it should. Even when life doesn't go as we think it should, even in the midst of failure, we can still bring focus to God. We can still declare the goodness of God to those around us through our faithful actions. I want you to think of the story of Jesus as he was being crucified, put upon the cross. And as he was put upon the cross, the Son of God, this one who has come to establish the kingdom, he died. He died on the cross. Sure, we know how the story plays out. But on that day, Jesus was dead. And it looked like God's plan hadn't gone according to how it seemed like it should. But there was a centurion there at the cross. And in seeing Jesus' death proclaimed, surely this man was a righteous man. And we're told that that centurion praised God. Even in faithful defeat, people can see God in us. People can see God in us. 
And that's what we strive to do, is to make God known to those around us. Today, I told you we were living in the clash between living for God and living in an ungodly culture. My goal, my goal for all of us in this room is that we live for God. My goal also is that we live as great citizens in our society. But let one of those be greater than the other. Let's live for God more than we are great citizens in our society. So the question comes, what do you do? What do you do now? I encourage you, go forward. Take a step forward this week. I trust that as I was speaking, there was an area of your life where you said, I could do that. It would take a little faith for me to go and do that. Take a step forward this week. Let me pray for us. God, we come before you this morning. God, and do ask that for each of us, we might have great faith in you. Regardless of the circumstances that we face, let us be people who are faithful to you. Let us be people, God, who show your love to those around us. And God, for each of us, let us experience your love and your friendship. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.